Good morning, everyone. What a day to be alive in Christ, and what a way to start the week with a Monday. <laughs> Can you believe it? Not a gloomy Monday, not a down Monday, but a Monday full of opportunity and adventure, faith, and possibilities. All right. Well, there you go. Thank you for stopping by. I'm George Watkins, and this is just a nugget, just some small nuggets of encouraging words today. I believe they'll be like that leaven in the loaf of bread that swells up and gets bigger and bigger as you meditate upon some of the good things of the Lord that he drops in our spirits. Amen. Okay, well, I'm, if you haven't been with me before, Thank you for coming by today. And if you are enjoying this, please subscribe and like us on Facebook. Okay. A number of years ago, as I was having a night vision, as the scriptures refer to it, the teaching we've done lately, we refer to that as visions of the night. Some people call them dreams. A man came to me and tapped on my forehead, face very close, and his voice was very loud. And he said, he said, don't you, I made a note here, don't allow anything to diminish the Jesus that you have right in there. And then he tapped me on the head. Okay. Now, what's that? What's the purpose of something like that happening? Why would it be advantageous for you or I to have those type of experiences? Well, for my humble <laughs> imparting, you know, my humble sharing today, what it did for me, it wakes me up to the fact that Christ is in me, the hope of glory. Now, did I forget? Not really. If you had asked me, I would have responded to some of the things I'm going to talk about today. But the, the conscious awareness of it on a continual basis is, is somewhat like our faith. Our faith needs to be continually added to, magnified, encouraged, fed. We do that many ways, don't we? We encourage our faith by being around people of faith, by listening to people talk about their journey or teaching the word, or we build our faith by reading or listening or meditating upon the word of God. For the Bible, the scriptures plainly tell us that faith cometh by hearing the word of God. I would be, um, I would be um, quick to say that faith cometh also by hearing God's voice in some of these experiences such as visions of the night. I'm not building a doctrine on an experience I have in the night, but I am being encouraged by something that would happen to me in one of those night visions. Often a direction can come. Often a uh, revelation can come. So I take that revelation, that's that small short sentence or a scene or a experience such as this 
person coming and knocking, you know, tapping on my forehead, saying that I take that as an initiating, uh, you know, poking ribs by God to search these things to see if they be true. Study to see if these things be true. Good Bereans. That's what they did. Paul preached. You know, they preached and then the Bereans, they went right to the historic doctrine uh, documents, which were um, the Jewish writings, you know, Septuagint and the Torah and all that. Well, they would go search to see if what Paul was teaching was prophetically true and they would find the trail of Christ coming and so forth. Okay, now, these types of interaction with the spirit world, whether it be night vision, angel visitation, voice in your in your head or your heart while you're praying or meditating, a thought, or as you're reading the scriptures, it leaps out at you and you say, whoa, I never saw that before. You see, that's, that's divine revelation. Now, if that happens, then that launches us into another dimension of faith or another dimension of expectation. Whoa, I didn't see that if I hadn't, if, if I didn't see that here, where else am I not seeing a bigger picture? That motivates me to study, to show myself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's Paul's writing to Timothy, young Timothy. He said, do this. Now, he told Timothy, he said, now I want you to stir yourself up and stir up the gifts that were given to you by laying on of hands. And don't forget your mother's and your grandmother's faith. It was their faith that was transferred by by spiritual application and godly miracle into you. I laid hands on you. Now stir that sucker up and you watch what happens. Well, Timothy did. And he became, he became a pillar in the New Testament church, didn't he? Okay. Now, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Why is that so important? Colossians, pull out a couple of verses here. Colossians 1.27. Let's pick that up uh, in the Amplified, and I'm just going to lay it out for you. You have not seen heard this for a week or two, so <laughs> let's do it again. And some of you may not have read this lately. I love the Word of God. One twenty-seven, To whom God was pleased to make known how great for the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. Now, he had just said in a verse or two before that, that the mystery that we're revealing today was hid all these generations until Christ came. They had no clue what this new era of time, new covenant, we call it the New Testament, it's the new covenant, was going to be. They didn't know Jesus, the Messiah, was going to come and die, raise again, and be and live in us of a truth with the Holy Spirit. Okay. The mystery of which was hidden for ages and generations from angels and men, but is now revealed to his holy people, the saints. 
to whom God was pleased to make known how great for the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ within and among you, the hope of realizing the glory. Oh, boy. <laughs> that promotes something in me that's exciting. Glory to God. Well, okay, Romans 10, Romans 8. Let's go over to Romans 8 just for a moment and uh, pick it up. Got it marked here in the Amplified. Pick it up in the Amplified and read that verse, Romans 8 and 10. I love the I love the eighth chapter of Romans. It's power packed. <laughs> the whole thing is so so good. But if Christ lives in you, then although your natural body is dead by reason of sin and guilt, the spirit is alive because of the righteousness that he imputes to you. Okay, verse 11. Excuse the side of my head here as I read. And if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Now, he's saying if, not it's, it's not in doubt. He's just pre presenting the argument. <clears throat> if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ from Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore to life your natural, short-lived, perishable body through his spirit who dwells in you. Okay, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That finger on the forehead in my night vision and the, you know, the loud voice in my face, don't let anything diminish the knowledge and the expectation and the realization that Christ lives in you. Okay. What, what could do that? What could diminish that? Well, I'll tell you right away is false teaching or small teaching or weak teaching or ignorant teaching that puts a blindfold, we call it religion. Part of the religious action is if I can just work harder, if I can, if I can just be a better person, if I could just pray more, if I could just sing louder, if I was taller or if I was younger or older, come on, come on, all those things put us in the driver's seat because if we can improve on God's deal, maybe we can help him out. That's religion. Religion says I'm not righteous because I don't feel righteous. Religion says you're not righteous because you broke the church rules. Now, I'm really aware of that. And most of you are if you were raised in a church. Here's the rules. If you're going to sing in the choir, this is what you do and don't do. Well, we accepted that as Bible. We accepted it as God's law. For me, there were things I couldn't say, couldn't go, couldn't be, couldn't wear. On and on and on. Foolishness. Well, some of that was probably good for me, I'm sure. Kept me, it kept me out of some trouble. But it didn't improve the righteousness that God had already imputed in me because he gave it to me as a gift. Now, blindness is on the eyes of those who can't see Christ, whether it be Jew or Gentile. Blindness, Paul calls it. When the blindness is taken off, bammo, you've got revelation and you see Christ as who he is. I'm going to pop over here for a moment 
I love uh, the 14th chapter of John, and we're talking about Christ being in us. In that day, you will know that just as I am in my Father, John 14, 20, in the the Mirror Bible, in yet a little while, let's see, in a little while, the world will no longer see me, verse 19, but you will be tangibly visible to you. It will be tangibly visible to you in, a, in the very life we share together. Verse 20, in that day you will know that just as I am in my Father, you are in me and I in you. Now that's the I in you and the you in me verses just before we get to the 17th chapter where Jesus prays that prayer. Lord, make them one as you as you and I are in, in each other, you know, you and me, I and you, and them in us. So this Christ in you thing, I, uh, I had an experience early on in my development, had an evangelist come through and teach on these very things and rivet into my spirit the revelation of Christ in you, the hope of glory. To... At that time, it was a, it was a, an explosion in in our thoughts and thinking. My father and I included. We were pastoring a church in Portland, and the Christ in you, the hope of glory, became so real and visible and experiential that one night, <laughs> sounds strange. One night, I felt Jesus turn over before I did. Now. Why did that happen to me? Just to identify this whole understanding that Christ lives in me, the hope of glory. Well, I remember that. And when I remember that, I'm reminded of these verses that I just read to you. That Christ would dwell in you. That Christ is in you. That Christ you know, has come to abide. Christ and the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So we got a crowd. <laughs> There's a crowd in us. And in us, now, we don't need to argue where it is. Is it in our heart, in our body, around us, in our presence, in our spirit, which is bigger than us, by the way. Our spirit doesn't just reside in some skeletal membrane in there. Our spirit is the ruling member. And it covers us like Adam's spirit covered him. And the reason that Adam's spirit, we know Adam's spirit covered him because when he broke the law, ate of the tree, his spirit diminished and his body, you know, that that bright light, whatever the spirit would express itself as. And he discovered he was naked. He didn't know that before. All he could see was the glory of God. (laughs) Amen. Well, don't you try that. That's in another world. Okay. (laughs) Well, I just love Mondays, and I love this word about Christ in you, the hope of glory. I can still feel the, you know, the fingernail of that guy poking me on the head. Don't you ever forget And don't you let anybody diminish the Jesus that is already in you. Hallelujah. Well, I'll meet you in the morning again. Thank you for all the things you do to encourage and support us. 
your prayer support, your good comments, and the notes I get once in a while are such an encouragement to us. And thank you for your support in all these ways. If you'd like to be a, a strength to us, the addresses are below, the, the, the uh, emails and the website. All those things can be a part of you and I walking together. Hallelujah. Well, until tomorrow, I want you to feel the Lord, sense the Lord, and claim it as yours today. In you, the hope of glory.